And we just ask the one infinite creator who transcends us, incarnates as us, and dwells within us to be present here in a way or to open our eyes and our hearts to receive the presence of the one infinite creator here and in a special way manifested as our building forth group. And we receive this this uh, wholeness with love and joy. And we ask that other people are blessed right now by our little endeavor, our, our attempt to understand and to share love and to deepen our capacity to live in the immediacy of our lives with more love. Amen. All right. So, um, would, does anybody have any questions that are uh, you thought through and you want to just ask? And usually, for those of us who are kind of new here, usually how this works, the question and response night is, we call it response because nobody has the full answer, of course. And um, it's just a great way to get a dialogue going. So that's what we're going to be trying to do. And um, it's okay if we have some silent periods or pe as people are contemplating and gathering thoughts. So I'll just open it up and ask if there's anybody that might have a, um, a thought right off the bat or question. Anything you might be wondering about in terms of the law of one material? I've, if you, I've muted everybody, so you have to unmute when you talk. I, I have one. All right, Demarcus, why don't you um, take the, the questions and I'll, uh, and I'll just uh, follow up with you. Cool, go ahead, Fred. Sure. Um, I'm thinking in terms of, I think it was the book, uh, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember the book, but the guy that writes about um, just the history of humanity over the years is kind of like, we are the best that we've ever been. We've always been, um, you know, pretty ugly as a, as a species toward one another. Dang, I can't remember the name of the book, but I guess the in in, in terms of Pinkerton. His, name uh, is Pinkerton. His name is Pinkerton. Pinkerton is the dude. Yes. Okay. So, I believe I remembered that. Yes. It, so, in light of that, the bellicosity that we seem to like just flow in. What 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 gets us to the next level? from the law of one, what will get us from this bellicose, just our, our, our intense, like we all go to a football game and we want to murder each other, you know, for fun. And a war, you know, uh, stirs up and, you know, we're, we're at it again. It's, you know, it's, it's like the, 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 the monkey that said, I'm not going to dance anymore to this stupid, you know, music. And the music starts and he's dancing. We do that. According to the law of one, what gets us away from that? So Rod tells us pretty much it's going to take 
all of us to collectively point the needle in one direction for us to all hop on board and be like, okay, look, you know, we're all one. This is, you know, the direction we all need to go in. Let's go there together. Now, the catalyst that gets gets us there, Rod doesn't necessarily stay, but it's something that definitely will take a lot of outside help, you know, such as the Confederation is giving, such as, you know, their ways of wanderers incarnating and so on and so forth. Um, so collectively, like, so Rod doesn't give anything a specific, you know, specific ways to get to that point to where we all hop on the same train and go in the same direction. Um, but that's eventually what's going to happen. I, I guess, do you think we are still doing two steps forward, three steps back? At, at the current moment, yeah. Um, Quote tells us, and I think in a recent channel, there's such a mixture of energies right now where there, you know, there are people trying to go forward, there are people trying to go backwards, there are people in between. So there's such a huge mixture of energy right now that it's kind of like, that's kind of staggering the process a little bit. I'd like to just piggyback on that. And coming from a counseling standpoint, I think the way that we point the compass in one direction is um, actually about learning how to surrender. Mm. And it's because person, every person is going to have to get to a point in their life where they realize that the status quo of how we're living our lives um, isn't working in the sense that it's not as satisfying as it could be. So just for example, in my own practice, I will have teenagers coming to me um, or young adults who are really, they have a decent social life. Everything on paper looks pretty good, but they have a lot of anxiety and um, they have a lot of presence online. And what, what they're really rediscovering because they're human is a desire for authentic community and authentic relationships. Mm. Um, and so there's this surrender that has to happen to what we're doing isn't working anymore in terms of just even having a fulfilling life. Mm. Um, so I think the pathway is through surrender and um, how that looks like we're pointing the compass in one way. I'm not sure if it's a thing we, are, we will do but rather a kind of uh, humility or, or spirit that we'll have. And I think the only way to get there is through um, one person lighting, a, lighting their inner fire and connecting with somebody else. And it's not going to be about power. It's not going to be about converting people. It's not going to be about joining tribes. It's going to be about um, helping people to authentically connect um, with themselves, with another person, and with the environment. That, that's what I see. What do you think, Fred? Wow, that's good. I, you know, I, I thought after George Floyd, I thought, okay, we're, this was like, this hurt us all, and we all were human. And we all have been human, but we're less human. Right. And so, you know, I thought, okay, around the world, we're marching for the case of just human decency. Great. And then, you know, uh, Russia goes to war with, you know, with, uh, gosh, to tell you how bad it is, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say, what, what was it? What was the, 
Ukraine. It took me a while to remember. It's like it, it goes out of a news cycle and we're off to the next thing. And um, so I love what you're saying there. Uh, I don't I wonder if it's going to be some things that hurt us more, that strip us more. You know, uh, I, when I look at the teachings of Jesus, when he says, you know, uh, from from the, the story of, you know, of the revelation of St. John, uh, you know, uh, I counsel of you to buy of me gold because you say that you're rich and you don't recognize that you're poor, blind and naked. Buy of me gold that's been tried in the fire. I wonder if that purchase has to go that we got to go through some fire to even recognize what's really gold and what's really good. So, uh, you know, that may be it. Um, I, I think we are doing better, but boy, I don't know. Maybe it's just the fact that, 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 you know, the lighter things are, the more we see the blemishes and we say, man, I've been living with that. <laughs> I don't, I need to really clean it up. I don't need that anymore in my life. It's not cute or cool to have a booger hanging out my nose and think that that's like cute. It's not cute anymore. And I'm hoping that we get there. So it's just a question. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Uh, I see Barbara's hands up. Yeah, I, I've got my video off because I've been fighting a sinus infection for two weeks. So I'm just laying here. Um, you know, I've, I've, been curious about that too, or bellicose nature and since the beginning of time and, you know, listening to your answer, DeMarcus, I thought, gosh, surely my question would have been more, A, does it happen in third density on this planet? Because I don't recall re reading anywhere about that. Um, I do see more clarity and, you know, you do see a few things changing and People are becoming more aware, um, but I don't know. That's my question. Did, did, is, was this specifically said that things would happen in third density on this planet? Um, yeah, so pretty much Ra says that our transition into fourth density will be complete when everyone does decide to collectively you know, point the needle in one direction. So it will happen eventually in the third density. And then after that, after that point, then we are transitioned into fourth density will have been completed. So it is something that's going to happen, you know, a little further along down the line, but it is something that will happen. Uh, it would be a choice, you know, amongst third density earthlings. Yeah, I think it's, yeah. And also it's, a lot of people that are born right now are, are actually already green ray they're already fourth density mm -hmm. beings and mm -hmm. um they might it might help to understand or at least this my theory is some of the the adhd or spectrum folks that are you seem such a rise in this there's lots of different reasons for that but one of them might be metaphysical that um people's way to receive energy is slightly different and uh, they become hyper sensitive and able to focus hyper focus but then have a hard time focusing on maybe things that don't really matter you know so this whole we call it adhd or we call it maybe being on the spectrum neurodiversity but it might be that people's um younger younger people's uh neurophysiology is more geared towards thriving in a fourth density environment 
something like that. I have a question. Go ahead, Peter. So, so when you say that as we go from third to fourth density, everyone is uh, pointing into the same direction, and that's that was articulated in the raw um, dialogues, right? Correct. Essentially, that's what it's going to take for us to finally hop across that line and complete all four density. What does one direction mean? Pretty much moving when we all collectively agree that we are all one and that we all collectively wish to move in service to others. Since Earth is officially a positive fourth density planet, then that's what it's going to take collectively for us to go in that direction. Right. Okay. Is there any idea how that would be expressed in a manifest way? Um, Rod didn't give any specifics. Some, I'm sure that you know, there are definitely various ways. I know some people brought up, you know, a lot of things that are changing within society, people waking up and so on and so forth. So I'm sure he expresses ways in many different ways. Sounds like it's going to be more a level of feeling than an intellectualization. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a recognition of we're all one, regardless of the manifest diversity that will always be there on the planet and so it's a sense it's more of a sense that we're all one which uh changes the trajectory of decision making and and perception how we interact exactly and we're all receiving um sort of a collective global catalyst that's pushing us to you know realize that point right but also individual catalyst yeah 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 yeah, the way I look at, you know, obviously we can look at what's going on right now with current events. And for, I think all of us who are, you know, the boomer generation forward, you know, we've never seen anything like this. You know, whereas my parents or your grandparents' generation went through, you know, probably events that were more intense than this on some level when you think about it. I guess generally I'm feeling two things. One is, is that, um, regardless how we look at things nature is or god or the cosmos is intelligent and an intelligent in an evolutionary way which means it's a form of compassionate intelligence and so everything is connected from climate change to uh individual belligerence and so we're going through this vibrating evolutionary process and if we're going to be moving towards, um, you know, a fourth density sense of unity, well, then the, then the um, you know, you have uh, the influence of past, uh, broad, you know, creation always coming into the moment. And so it has to be purged. And so we're probably going through a purging right now. And, and I mean, fingers crossed, it's horrible. It's not that bad yet, given that we have 8 billion people on the planet. You know, I mean, on a relative basis, I don't want to sound, you know, not sympathetic or whatever, but just looking at it, um, it you know, you, you know, Russia made its move, but then they got bats back to the, you know, to their country almost, and then they had their own revolution. Things are going in a way that you wouldn't expect. And it's almost like some purging is going on, and it's it's like forcing people to stop banging their head collectively against the wall because nothing's going to happen. And, you know, you're not going to get what you want. You're not going to go backwards. And people don't know how to go forwards. 
And once there's a greater move towards uh, fourth density, where there's a finer feeling level of unity, there'll be a letting go of all that past attachment and hatred and belligerence, which is, you know, flowing through the veins of humanity. And then whatever uh, systems from a global level to how we interact on a community level, they'll begin to reshuffle forward. How long it takes us to get there, I don't know. You know, the last time this happened was, you know, between the 1930s and 40s, and that sort of um, set a framework of a cycle that I think we're just ending now. And what was, to me, what was that about? You know, we entered, you know, in the 1800s, the industrial age, and that set up a major change of, um, you know, capitalism, communism, democracy, uh, socialism, all these isms came up with, um, you know, carbon energy and, and the expansion of industry. Now I think we're in, in, a, in another phase where we have, you know, it, it allowed for huge population growth, 8 billion people, where this, you know, AI phase, we're in the climate change phase, and we're also in global spirituality. There's never been a level of global spirituality that we've had. You know, globalization, I mean, look, you know, look at this, uh, you know, for, you know, building forth is, is, you know, which is a part of a Western cultural dimension is like Vedic. It's like an Asian dimension in many ways. It's articulating. So there's things that have gone on that I think, you know, on some level with the Internet, you know, there's a silent cosmic majority and people everywhere, whether in Russia or China, young people everywhere been on the internet and they're they're going they're looking through this um, electronic cosmic viewer and they realize we're no different than anyone else really we're no different than anyone else i think there's more people that feel that and the paradox of that is that those that that don't feel it freak out they don't want they want to you know be the way we were they want to maintain their boundaries and so we're, we're, we're dealing with an increase of tribal extremism, but it's, it, I think it's going to, it's dangerous, but I think it's going to cancel itself out. No country is united with tribalism like that, like they were back in the thirties and forties. So anyhow, that's my reflection. Right on. Yeah. I, I, I agree with everything you said. My, my son is 20. You said they agree. I couldn't hear. See I do. Was. Doug, it was oh. Doug. Okay. I was going to say, my, my son, He he's 29 years old, and he had this, we were openly talking about a lot of this, and he said, he said, what, what would it be like if, like, we're all gamers now, or at least a lot of us, especially a lot of us young men, what if, you know, there's a dispute over land, you know, something as big as Russia, and we have this amazing game off where we, we, we fight, but it's all digital. You know, and the winner takes the spoils, and and I was like, you know, that sounds good, but it's just our hearts are not in the position for that. Somebody's going to be the bad player, and not go with that. It's just a weird thing. So yeah, um, I don't want to sound like like I don't think it'll ever happen because I know it can happen because because deep within us all of us know that like that which we are made of compels us back to source and source is like it's not about fighting umbilicosity at all so 
Well, wholeness wins. Wholeness wins. That's why wholeness is always breaking in. Yeah, uh, it's always right there. And uh, when each individual person is tired of furthering this, this the ethos of separation in our own life, when we're tired of that, um, and then we're tired of it as a group, uh, as Peter was alluding, things and Ra said this too. Things fall away that are no longer needed or wanted in third density just fall away. And what emerges is wholeness in the activated level. Troy, you had something? Yeah, uh, I thought Barg addressed this well. He said, Ra also acknowledges that periods of societal upheaval and polarization can serve as catalysts for positive change, which uh, that in that these challenging times force individuals to confront their limitations and seek deeper understanding mm -hmm. which can ultimately accelerate their spiritual progress and contribute to broader transformation so our insecurities will force us to dig deeper exactly yeah, that's interesting hey, amen fred really quick fred, a quick example of how this is um, reflected in Hatan, they are a fourth density um, confederation entity that's a particle. And they were gracious, gracious enough to give us a little quick piece of their third density history. And they said pretty much they were like us on their third density and that they had factions warring against each other and they had depleted each other's resources so poor, so badly to the point where the only way to survive was to rely on each other. And in the process of opening up the heart to one another to survive, that's how they were able, that was the catalyst that pushed them to get them to the point of collectively opening their heart and moving on into the fourth density. Hopefully we don't get to that point where we deplete our, you know, planet's resources that bad, you know, but that's a perfect example encapsulated in Hatan's story. That's interesting. I wanted to, if I, to make a comment on what Fred said about what his son was saying about the gaming aspect of, of uh, you know, of, of the politics of humanity. And, and when it comes down to it, you know, we're in a digital world. A lot of wealth is, uh, is digital now. You know, it, it's like people own stocks, bonds. Bitcoin is a very abstract thing derivatives you know it comes down to something you know that's worth something and a lot of that is abstract it's it's considered well we have a good brand and we think this brand is worth this much you know if everyone was to liquidate everything at once it wouldn't be worth anything so in some ways we have a uh, unified world with an abstract currency and that's unique it wasn't like that 100 years ago and in, in some ways the move Probably this move out of third density started happening in the 20s and 30s. And, you know, the new systems that formed, you know, of capitalism and socialism were different ways of collectively um, owning property. You know, it didn't work perfect because, you know, you know, they both have their flaws and their good points. But they they were they've been I think they've been transitory systems that got us to this point. You know, obviously capitalism won. You know, you could look at it as the primary predatory economic engine in some ways, and now it's turning on itself. So probably, you know, we don't know what we're going to have in the future. If climate change is true and, um, you know, we have 8 billion people on the planet, then we're going to be forced to have very different uh, 
constitutions than we have now. I mean, it's, it's, and what it takes to get there, you know, it, there's going to be a lot of belligerence that goes down. Yeah. You know, it's likely that, that the whole, life, we've gone from man being a few, you know, being a slave of the nobleman or whatever, feudal systems to, you know, personal empowerment and then authoritarian government empowerment on some level. And now we have to go towards uh, sharing the world and realizing the world is common land. So it's, I, I don't know how we're going to get there and it's not going to happen overnight. So we got to grow up. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. Neil. Hey, I have a couple questions, but uh, one that's kind of been on my mind is the colors of the densities and how they came about. Like when the white light went through the prism, why is first density red and then orange, yellow, and so forth? So from what I understand, that has that is based off of the vibratory natures of those densities. So the first density, its vibratory nature puts off the color red. Um, and then so on and so forth with, you know, the next density, the fourth density's natural rate of vibration expresses that in, in the color spectrum of green and so on and so forth. Um, I've been thinking about this question for a while, and I am starting to wonder if there's, there is a, a relational aspect. It's less to do with the colors. Um, it's more to do with the actual structure of all of the energy and we have these different waves that work together um, the the slowest one is the red raw calls this foundation ray but we've named it red uh, it seems red to us um, but you could just say uh, you know the chord c or the note c on a music scale you could call it c because even raw talked about how the inner the densities could be correlated to different notes I think the the less it's less important to look at the different colors and more important to kind of um, see how each density has a, a vibratory consistency that's internally consistent. Um, and the second thing I want to say is, uh, I think that if we have red coming in, and then you have, I think yellow might have been the next one, but what if you have red and yellow together, they create that relationship creates something and that is orange um, and then you might have yellow and blue together so really it's kind of like red foundation yellow which is self-awareness and blue which is co-creatorship like those would be this the basic structure and then to fill in the gaps as as relationships form um, then you have the color orange and you have green um, and so you can kind of see a ladder with the spaces in between and those spaces in between form because of the relationship in between the two the three uh, basic rays that that's one thing that i've been thinking about but who knows doug's take on jacob's ladder <laughs> matt Sorry, my phone somehow uh, went dark for a second. I didn't want to. Neil said you had a couple questions. I don't want Neil to get cut off too. If you had another question, Neil. Okay. Um, kind of re 
there's a lot that's kind of opened up my world. I don't know how much people have here have all read through the law of one. I'm, I'm still limited on a lot of things. And, but <clears throat> one thing that's kind of changed for me is, um, viewpoint on, and it, and it kind of has already been there some, but we just got a dog. We just got a new dog like three or four days ago. And so has, has raw talked much about different density levels in the sense of where animals fit, like, I've just I've just noticed that like a dog is, you know, it's it's loving and compassionate and loyal. And so what is what is does Rod talk about where animals are on the second density if they're close to third density or talk much about how how uh, certain pets or animals may be closer and, and how they move might move up? Absolutely. Yeah. So Ross says that pets are actually the higher level of second density and pets are invested in from, you know, by their owners and other third density entities. And this gives them, this investment causes them to become self-aware and have in, enough indiv- individualization to a point where they can graduate into the third density. So dogs, cats, any sort of pets are the higher, are the highest um, sub-level of the second density. So more than likely, you know, a lot of pets, especially dogs, I see a lot of my friends' dogs, they seem to have their own personality. And, you know, so much individuality this is because they've received enough investment to the point where most likely after that, their, you know, last incarnation as a dog, they're more than likely graduate into the third density because they've been invested to the point of self-awareness. So when you say invested, does that mean someone like me could help invest in, in helping the pet to move, keep moving to third density? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So by um, you giving your love, you know, by playing with the dog, showing empathy, you know, welcoming the dog into your family, pretty much showing the dog love and having love for, you know, your pet, that energy that causes them to advance forward in their um, evolutionary journey. Interesting. Thanks. No problem. Ben? See um, Benjamin's hand up. Yeah, thanks. Um, hearing you say that makes me think that I may have failed with my last pet and uh, <laughs> need to uh, think more about that in the future. That's really interesting. Um, well, I, I'm very new to the Law of One, and um, Matt, I think, was one of the first to actually mention it to me, and then I just listened to a little bit, but <clears throat> so this, y'all may have talked about this somewhere. Uh, already, but one of the things as I listened through that I was trying to understand is the idea of the veil in the third density, and which is really fascinating to think about how, um, in some way, as I understood it, that that's necessary um, for us to have in order to to move on. Um, and if I understood that right, what and so anything could be expounded on there. But one one question I had is. So what prevents future levels of density, uh, souls and, and people in different levels from moving on for like example, fourth density or fifth density, if they have an awareness of oneness and everything's good, so to speak, and they're in, enjoying being there, then what's the impetus to move? Um, in short, I guess, why is it only a veil in the third density or are there similar type things in another density or? At those other densities, do you get to a point where um, you understand that you still need to move, if that makes sense? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, 
So the veil only existed in third density and it was, it didn't always exist, but over time it was found that veiling the subconscious mind from the conscious mind provided the most effective environment or backdrop for making the choice in third density. Um, and so that is why the veil was put into place and it has shown, has proven to be very, very effective. Now, being that third density is the only density that has the veil, that causes, that's the reason why the, the higher densities take longer to, you know, to trail through because you are aware of the oneness, you are aware of pretty much everything. You're no longer veiled from yourself and from others anymore. So for instance, the catalyst that pushes um, a fourth density to graduate to the fifth density, you know, the fourth density, their, their learning and their goals are completely different in the third density. Whereas in the third density, the individual has to make the choice whether to serve the self or to serve others. In the fourth density, it's the social memory complex as a whole. We have to reach a certain level of love and compassion and wisdom in order to make the leap to fifth density. Does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. So at um, so at fifth density or sixth density, it's it's kind of an awareness of more more self-awareness in a sense or to use a metaphor metaphorical language something like that where they recognize that we have not yet arrived and able to see that more clearly and know more clearly what to do to move on whereas in third density less so we needed needed the veil is that is that kind of how, how you said it pretty much yeah you're correct so with the third density is about making the choice the fourth density is about learning love compassion and understanding the fifth density is about learning wisdom, and the sixth density is about blending back that wisdom that you learned in fifth density and combining and balancing that with the love and compassion you learned in fourth density. Wow. And, just right. to, and just to and just to piggyback that's, on that's what uh, absolutely, and that's one of the biggest reasons. That's one of the biggest reasons wanderers take advantage of incarnating into third density because the opportunities that the veil present. You know, like I said, not being aware of the one is you're able to polarize much quicker than you can at the higher densities because you're not aware and you do have to put forth a little more effort. Okay. Wow. And just to piggyback on that, the fourth density's great task is to form a social memory complex, so a united uh, organism, if you will, made up of the, the different cells, different individuals. And it is a choice, um, and everybody surrenders... Um, a certain level of individualism, if you will, to, to actually come into this unity. And then once that uh, united organism ma is manifested, then that entire organism will choose to serve because there's no, there's no saying no to serving because <laughs> that's the one infinite creator in us um, connecting mm -hmm. with the one infinite creator everywhere. And that's that service. And then the fifth density is to learn the wisdom of when it is helpful to serve by not acting versus action or non-action as a type of action. And so at the, the fifth density level uh, is the level of co-creatorship and awakening to the capacity that every uh, entity creates is the one infinite creator. And, and then at that point, you're able to even see and use light as we would clay and to create creations. So you sort of learn to steward um, consciousness at that point, and you become like uh, intermediate gardeners 
if if third density is the garden uh, to grow the crops, fourth density are like the novice gardeners. Fifth density are um, you know they're they're like junior high <laughs> or high school, and then sixth density these are the senior members. They're like the master gardeners, and they've blended love and wisdom um, individually perfectly, and then they're working on blending it perfectly within the social memory complex. But the only way they can do that is through karmic entanglement with third density uh, mm. groups. And so raw, for example, is a beautifully harmonious sixth density social memory complex by uh, trying to apply what worked for them when the, a sixth density group actually helped them move into fourth density. They're trying to do that with us, but they didn't have the uh, institutional wisdom to deal with such a motley crew that we are. And so there became all these karmic entanglements, which is precisely their avenue in learning more robustly the balance of love and wisdom. So their karmic entanglements is with us is actually a part of their advancement into seventh density. Wow. That's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Benjamin. Uh, Michael, you have your hand up. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so Doug uh, partly answered my question, but uh, I'm going to go ahead with it anyway. Uh, and in the law of one, is there mention of the evolution uh, of the soul and return of the soul to a human body after a life's passing? It's something that's on my mind at my age. I'm going to live a long life, but I've definitely uh, three quarters of the way and thinking about, um, you know, the, thir the third grade understanding of afterlife uh, when I was growing up was, you know, going to heaven or going to hell. And the graduate school uh, view of it is uh, not to have to return to this body, you know, to another body. Um, so the, the love and the wisdom I understand in terms of the evolution of the densities, and it's also my understanding, and I don't know if this is correct, that one of the main lessons to learn in life is love and forgiveness in order for a soul to evolve after pass, uh, you know, the passing of, of a physical body. Right. Uh, is your question pretty much saying what happens after your third density incarnation? Uh, more specifically, how do I ensure I don't come back? I mean, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us here have that um, that same attitude. So pretty essentially what's going to happen, um, since we're in the time of harvest, when all of us die, we're all going to walk the steps of light to see or pretty much take a stock of our polarization. Um, if you're, if you walk the steps of light and you're able to accept fourth density light, then you have the choice of going on to fourth density or incarnating again, you know, to help out, which there are a lot of people who have chosen to do so. They've graduated to fourth density, but instead of going on and taking on a fourth density body and incarnation, they've decided to reincarnate into the third density to kind of help out, help everyone else out. Um, if you don't, reach the you know the threshold of graduation then you will have to repeat third density um and that all depends on where you are in terms of your polarization so if you're close to graduating then you'll most likely have the opportunity to come back to earth again 
If not, then you'll repeat their density elsewhere. So it's kind of it's kind of depends on your graduation status and your own personal choice of where of what you desire to do after that point. Thank you. I know a lot of us definitely don't want to come back, but I have heard, you know, being on the other side, you see just how great of an opportunity being in incarnation or on earth at this time is. So a lot of people, even though in life, they're like, no, I don't want to come back. I can't do this again. I know that's my attitude. You know, once you do drop the veil and cross over in the time space and have the bigger picture, then you're apparently a lot of people are eager to jump right back into it because of the opportunities that come with physical incarnation. Yeah, that's what I understand. Let me just piggyback on that really quick and just say that one way to maybe not come back is to actually not worry about whether you will come back uh because that worrying of it is a, a bit of a i'm not saying you particularly michael i'm saying you as like us humans <laughs> um is because we can kind of get caught up in that it's it's, a, it's understandable because life is hard and uh, to the degree that we can operate where we are receiving the catalysts as they come in, and we're also um, find, having having found some capacity to serve others, then all of a sudden we see that despite the intensity and hardship, there's this cosmic fundamental beauty that is here inside of embedded in all of that. And at that point, we are learning to accept and love that which is, which is the result of having opened up the heart chakra to the levels of harvestability. So that's what I'm saying. It's like the more that we don't worry about it and get busy serving and finding the joy of the daily life um, is more of the guarantee that you won't come back because <laughs> you can only live that way from an open-hearted green ray position, if you will. Yeah, I understand. Thank you. Isn't, isn't it also true um, that a lot of fourth density and fifth density think that the third density, especially in the earth, is like the coveted place to be? Like, or is, uh, in other words, we sometimes say, okay, this is real tough to be here in this life. But it seems like there are people in the fourth density think that this is like the greatest experience ever on earth to to experience the veil is there something about that or am i yeah so pretty much earth um rod tells us earth is a somewhat unusual um in its you know current state and the fourth fifth and sixth density entities pretty much there are billions lined up trying to incarnate um you know not everyone's granted that opportunity um, but this is definitely a hot planet. It's a hot topic in the universe. And a lot of entities see this as a not only the opportunity to serve, but to also polarize as well. So there are definitely a vast amount of entities who are watching Earth and desire to incarnate, but not everyone is getting the opportunity to incarnate. So it's kind of like that hot place that, you know, everybody wants to go to, but not everybody gets to be able to get into. And that's, it's a, it's a cosmic immigration problem. <laughs> well, and it's really, we're all coming to Texas. I mean, all of you that don't live in uh, Texas, that's where your next life will take place, by the way. Danny, I just want to make sure you get, you get your question in. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, well, mine's kind of two-part. One, um, I know I've heard you say, Doug, in, in Law 1, that um, this third density 
And, uh, and uh, it's not the only mystery, but in all of them, we are actually um, expressions of divinity of God, and and as if we are co-participating in the evolution of God, which I see as the extension of creation. It's eternal. It's it's going on and on and on, and somehow we're participating in that. Uh, so I was kind of wondering if we could bring that aspect of it in and along with that as uh peter was mentioning a lot of the things technologically and such that are are so available and, and this acceleration for for me in my life since 2008 it's been studying so many channeled works and um there, there are so many of those out there that are all you know uh divine beings from higher uh densities speaking through people that have the same theme of this acceleration in consciousness this acceleration they all seem to kind of have a theme of movement from uh the mind to the heart that the heart is the sense organ uh that we have to develop to to for for what i i think that fits with fourth density i think that's what love and understanding and 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 we think of green ray energy in the chakras is the heart. So, but that, I don't think there's ever been a time on earth with so many of these messages coming through that are so consistent from so many different places that to me say we're, we're pretty close to some transition, whether it's, you know, third to fourth, if there's something in between or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I just want to say that. But then, can you bring in a little bit this this idea of us being, you know, God? We are co-participating in this divine expression um, that's manifesting like God's evolution, so to speak. So, Did I get that right? <laughs> if I understand your question correctly, essentially, we're all co-creators. We we are the creator experiencing itself, and so we all have that that creatorship, that co-creator power within us. We all have that um, right to that power, and so essentially, what happens is, you know, the creator creates the universe, the sublow God creates the galaxies and the star systems, the planets, and then we, as third density entities, we then create our own we create and structure our own incarnations and that's whether that is pre-incarnatively before we incarnate in our life whether that's subconsciously or consciously so at all times we're always creating our own realities like i said a lot of the times that's subconsciously but we are still we are partaking in our co-creatorship with the creator and pretty much essentially creating our own personal i guess you can say solar systems or environments that assist in our own evolution I would also say, yes, that I think that's wonderful. And the raw, uh, when, when Ra talks about the creator in terms of the creator's own sense of the creator self, Ra basically says that the creator is the focusing uh, of energy, like the, the, the focusing principle. So that which starts a focus of energy into an individuated um entity into a being that is that principle to to take random energy and to create some organization that is the first principle of the creator and then ross says that uh, intelligent energy is the creative principle so we have the focusing principle the creative principle 
Um, and those together create what's called the original thought, which is this the creator's own impulse to experience the creator self. And then we have the original desire that all entities, be they photons, subatomic particles to universes, seek to become one in an actualized way. But everything in between, in other words, that is the creator. That's the creator's own laws, if you will. And we are the creator's experience of the creator self. So if you want to go see what the creator is up to, well, he's a 69-year-old man with a beard right here, you know. Uh, <laughs> the creator yeah. is is up to us because we are the creator in the creator's uh, creative advance. Advancing the creator's own self-gnosis is in, through, and as the manifested um, universe writ large, as large as it, it possibly can be, down to the absolute subatomic particle. Everything is the creator experiencing the creator self. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I'd heard that from you before, Doug. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Danny. Um, I think we have time for maybe one or two more questions. Was there anyone that had a question from earlier they didn't get to ask? Go ahead, Neil. It's just a silly one, but um, so Ra visited Egypt and they left a pretty big impression. Do you know what the culture was in South America where they said they didn't give up as much? You know, if that was like the Inca or kind of who that may be. I, I think it would be it would be one of those uh, ancient civilizations for sure. I'm not exactly. They don't tell us exactly sure which culture it was, but definitely, I, I would assume it'd be either you know the Incas or one of the other um, pre-Columbian civilizations. Yeah, they were a pretty small group. The ones that didn't that became ready for fourth density, right? Or, or are we talking about uh, the, the you're referring to the elder race? Yeah, correct. They were they're a group of 150 people at the end of the second. Um, minor cycle that were able to become harvestable, but Ra's visitation, I believe, was after that. Yeah, it was after that. But wait, Demarcus, just out of curiosity, are you understanding that the Ra group was also in South America? So they said Ra says that they split their forces. So when they say split, when Ra says split forces, I'm not sure if they're referring to their their, their social memory complex split forces or if they're if other six density if they split forces with another six density social memory complex. That's what I understand. I understand that there were two six density social memory complexes that were uh, working together, and they, as this master senior group, split their forces. And so there was a sixth density group in, and we don't know where they're from, but they were the ones working in South America. That's what I understand, but. Correct, yeah. And they, they didn't give up so easily. Well, it was a lot of the good uh, tea down there and plus the herb. <laughs> 
I think it's um one thing I, I think it's really interesting. It's kind of a full circle moment. I've always really been into ancient Egypt ever since I was a kid. I've always been obsessed with it. I've always studied Egypt, and so one thing a few years ago, I discovered that you know gold was such a huge deal for the Egyptians, and that's because they associated gold with the they believed that the the skin of the gods were made of gold. So I always thought that was interesting, and then come to find out that that is related to Ra, because when Ra appeared amongst the Egyptians. They appeared to the Egyptians how they appeared in their third density on Venus, and they had golden um, skin. So I thought that was a really cool full soaker moment. I understood that a little differently. And this is the one of the things about the law of one is that you can listen to it and understand and read it, and you can catch it in different ways. So one is not right, more right than the other. Um, Demarcus, this is how I understand it, but I, I may be way off. I understand. Ross said that we uh, we came to the Egyptians as we were or are as you know basically saying as we are in our sixth density environment converted into a third density body. So it wasn't as they were in Egypt, but rather how um, their environment, which Ross says later, is the sixth density vibratory conditions is very white. In, in, in the sense of um, pure potentiality, like the white light is pure potential with a golden, um, like golden edges, like golden color. And they say that gold, golden color is alive. And then later on, they say that um, in later sixth density, the, uh, there are certain social memory complexes that actually create some of the light on the sun through their generative love and that's golden you know it could be seen as golden so i'm wondering if when ra came to visit egypt that they were um approximating humans in their body with with the the, the basic bodily way but are were also representing in a sense their own um sixth density vibratory conditions but i don't know i mean it Demarcus's interpretation very well may be more correct. Yeah, that's something I was confused of, you know, when I first read that also, but after doing more research and listening to interviews, essentially raw, they, they them being sixth density, if they were to have appeared to the Egyptians just as sixth density, then they would have only appeared to light. So they had to create a kind of outer casing, you know, that was third density visible. And so they chose to show themselves to the Egyptians and Ra says, um, we, you know, we came to them and we chose to appear to them how we appeared in our third density. And they pretty much give a description. They say that we were tall, we were delicate, and our skin had a golden luster. And so I, I take that as, I understand that to be that they appeared to the Egyptians how they appeared in their third density on Venus. Because in, in the sixth century, they themselves have become light. So they have to put on some type of physical form in order to be visible to the Egyptians. Makes sense. Well, everybody, it's 9.03, uh, so we're going to wrap it up. This has been a lively and good discussion. I uh, hope people found it interesting. Demarcus, you, you always do just a great job of succinct. I learned from you, <laughs> so wonderful. Thank you all for the great questions. Is there anybody who would like to close us out in a prayer? I'll close us. All right. Infinite Creator God, move us individually and collectively.
beyond the veil enough to bring peace and wholeness to our fragmented selves and then use us uh, in any way to be a movement for wholeness in our fragmented world. Amen. Amen. God bless everybody. Um, Join us next week for the uh, sharing of our catalysts and prayer intentions. Good night. Bye, everyone. Thank you.